praise be to the Most High, the Father. We welcome you all to a Brother with a Bible podcast. And I am your host, Brother B. And I'm so excited because this is officially the very first episode of this podcast. And I'm kind of nervous because I really want to bring the information, bring the scripture, bring prayer to you all in a way that you can see it more clearly, you can understand it more clearly, and you'll be more convicted to go out and share that with others. On this particular episode, we'll be discussing that new you. It looks good on you. We'll also get into John C. Maxwell's book, Leadership Promises for Every Day. For the month of February, we'll be posting the daily page of this book on our Instagram page. So please be sure to follow us at A Brother with a Bible Podcast on Instagram. This episode's focal scripture will be from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. And the our story, not his story fact, presents Elizabeth Hobbs Keekly. So sit back and relax. Open your minds, your hearts, and your ears. But first, let us go on and pray. Almighty and our glorious Father, most high above in heaven, I humbly come to you, Father, in prayer, praising your name, giving you honor, giving you glory, and giving you full praises. I thank you for seeing this day for breathing breath in our bodies and allowing us, Father, the use of every limb on our body, Father, for having clothes on our back and foods on our table, for surrounding us with people who support us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Father, I thank you so very much, Father, for each and every blessing you've placed in our lives, for every situation you've taken us out of, for every situation you've put us in. For everybody you've placed in our lives and everybody you've taken out of our lives, Father, we thank you for the many lessons and blessings that occurred during this journey that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the will that you allow us to walk in. We thank you for showing us our purpose and guiding us and molding us for the purpose that you've created us for. I ask of you, Almighty and Powerful Father, to speak through me and let everyone hear your truths, hear your words. Hear you clearly, Almighty and our glorious Father. I ask of you to bless everyone under the sound of my voice with a peace that surpasses all understanding. I ask of you to please rebuke any and everything that comes against them, Almighty and our powerful Father. Any and everything that comes to steal and destroy their peace and their joy. Continue, Father, to let your word be a light under our feet and a lamp unto our paths, Almighty and our powerful Father. These things I pray in your darling son's name. Some call him Jesus. Some refer to him as Christ. Others like myself use the ancient name of Yahshua. But no one can deny he is the Savior, the Messiah, crucified and sacrificed through obedience for our sins. Amen. As stated before, Scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, and I'll be reading from the NIV version. You were taught with regard to your former way of life 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's believed that Paul wrote Ephesians around the same time he wrote Colossians, and that was during his imprisonment in Rome. He was jailed after bringing Gentiles into the temple, but that was only after taking them through purification rites and having their heads shaved to show that reports were false about him teaching Jews that lived amongst Gentiles to turn from Moses' teachings and the customs God gave him for them. Support and scripture come from the book of Acts, chapter 21, verses 27 through 33, and the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 1. Paul wrote this book to help converts grow in spiritual knowledge of God, and unlike some of his other books, this seems to speak to a broader audience. It deals with topics at the very core of being set apart, and faith and the practice of it. This is supported and backed up in Ephesians 1, 15-18. Even in Paul's imprisonment, he spread the word. He didn't just sit on it. And that's something that we have to do. Don't just sit on the word. Share that word. Just as our scripture spoke of putting on a new you, the our story, not his story, tribute today goes to Elizabeth Hobbs Keekley. Now, she was a former slave who became a successful seamstress, a civil rights activist, and an author in Washington, D.C. She's best known for being a very close and personal friend to Mary Todd Lincoln, the wife of Abraham Lincoln. This lady had enough strength to overcome all odds and buy her and her son's freedom in 1855. She went on to build an independent business in the capital based on clients who were the wives of the government's elite. That's Elizabeth Hobbs Keekley, February 1818 to May 1907. Just as we may look through our closets and dresser drawers only to come across outfits and garments we once thought was it, now realizing that it didn't look so good on us. In the same way, we look upon our past habits, our past ways, and thinking. As we've now updated our spiritual wardrobe with the covering of the blood of Yeshua, we look a little different now. We feel a little better now. That's a different swag about us, and we've come to realize now this is really it. The new self doesn't need ironing, doesn't need steaming, doesn't need dry cleaning. In fact, we wear it every day and no one can giggle or complain about us always wearing the same thing. Don't act like y'all don't know how our people are. Stay in prayer and studying. Stay in peace and love. Stay in your renewed spirit and your renewed mind because that looks good on you. That, that's it. And yeah, you're going to have the naysayers. You're going to have those that's going to holler little things like, oh, he trying to be somebody he ain't, and things of that nature. You got to realize, even when Christ walked, his brothers didn't even believe him. 
You can refer to that in John chapter 7, verse 5. And yeah, I'm trying to be something that I'm not. I'm not worthy of the love and the joy that our God gives us. I'm not worthy of the mercy and the favor that he's given me. I'm not worthy of the salvation and the grace he's given me. So, yeah, I'm trying to be something I'm not. I'm trying to be favored in God's eyes. Y'all should feel that same way too. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 in the King James Version says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Now let's look into that verse. It states all things are becoming new. So how can we put on the new you with old accessories? And don't get me wrong, because I'm trying to get my walk right also. Each and every day is an uphill battle for me. But I get into my studies, reading and understanding my Bible, looking for biblical history and information anywhere I can get it, looking from, for truths no matter where it comes from, as long as they're truths and they are basically backed up with scripture. I sit back and I listen to different pastors and teachings throughout the day, going on to say my prayers three times a day, active in the church, but still can get on that job. And one person say the wrong thing, and there you go. Everything out the window. Got the new me on me. You know, I'm, I'm dressed in the new me. But got old accessories. That don't look good. Instead of me being accessorized with that peace, I allow my flesh to have its way. In an instant, I'm back in the world and out of the spirit. And that gives no glory to God. And let me go on and be real for a moment. This just doesn't take place on the job. It takes place in our homes and in the church house. Now, I know some of y'all are super sanctified. Y'all don't do nothing wrong. Y'all don't have these type of thoughts. Y'all love everybody. But I'm talking to the real ones out there. To my real followers and real listeners that actually have everyday problems, real life situations. We all have a, a struggle we, 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 we go through. We all have distractions and obstacles in our walks. These are things that we must individually pray for, seek guidance for, turn to God for, then collectively come together and support each other through. There's no reason for us to get up, to go to fellowship, to go to worship, be in the mindset to worship, walk into the sanctuary or into the church or into the, the temple, see someone, not acknowledge them, show, show no compassion, show no warmth, no greetings, but then holler about how we love God and we're a follower of Christ. How? 
we were commanded to love thy neighbor. He didn't say like your neighbor, love your neighbor. And until we get full of the spirit, instead of full of ourselves, this won't change. The truth of the matter is, we blame a lot of things on the enemy. The enemy did this, and the enemy brought this against me. You're giving them too much credit. Because first and foremost, a lot of times we can't get out of, out of our own way. We're our own worst enemy. The enemy don't have to do much. He got to just let us be, and we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to have to learn to stop dropping God off at 7 a.m. and picking him back up at 5 p.m. Just like they have a bring your kids to work day, we just go on and have a bring our God to work day, every day, all day. Because that's the only way we'll get ahead. That's the only way we'll stay in spirit. That's the only way we'll follow what we're being taught and what the scripture says. We're going to have to learn to pray for those who offend us. And even more so, ask God to help us to pass the test that he continuously gives us. Now, me personally, I don't know of one person that doesn't believe that people are placed in your life for certain reasons. Knowing this, I can clearly see now that some people are placing our lives as tests. We have a study guide in the word. So why do we continuously fail the tests that are being presented to us? More importantly, how can we advance to the next level if we continuously fail the test, simple test, open book test, if you will, that's being given to us now? Here's an example. Old accessories. Me being a married man can't hang or kick it with old friends who still run the streets, run these females, and I'm content with it and I accept it and I have nothing to say about it. And it has nothing to do with me not loving that brother or judging the brother because you know that's, that's the thing. Don't judge me. Only God can judge me. That has nothing to do with it. It's the simple fact that me being a faithful husband and trying to get my walk right with Yeshua, I can't have that in my wardrobe. That's something that I basically just stay away from, have to stay away from. First of all, it gives God no glory and it disrespects my wife. Here's another example. I can't sit back and listen to music about gunplay and about drug consumption and about sexual endeavors all day. Turn around, watch it all evening on television, and remain set apart or consistent in my walk. Think about this for a moment. How many shows on television gives us a strong black male role model or leader. A black man that's stable in his family's life. One who brings principles and morals from the Bible. 
And let me get a little deeper. And this goes out to the ladies, to the mothers. How many male role models on television you'd like for your sons to grow up to be like? And just really sit back and think about that. Is there anyone on the shows that you watch that you can honestly say, oh, I love for my son to grow up to be like that. Or I love for my son to have a woman like that in his life. Now, I'm not saying there's none, but it ain't too many. And that's an old accessory that I had to get rid of. That reality show mentality. To where anything and everything is acceptable. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 in the King James Version states, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now this goes out to the brothers. We as men have to give our women something to follow. How can we expect submission and wifely intuitions to kick in if we're not giving our women a stable man to look up to and follow? A man that she can turn to for direction. A man that's spirit-filled and spirit-led Letting her know that she has no worries long as her man follows Christ who follows our God. Wouldn't she be more willing to follow? And let's dip back in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 13 through 14. And this is coming out of the uh, New American Standard Bible. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Fellas, it's our duties to bring that stability to our households and to our marriages and relationships. We often think about protecting our women as being just physical. If somebody do us something, I'm going to do this. Well, what about the spiritual part? And if you're not in the word and don't know the word, not living the word, how could you possibly protect us spiritually? And in the, in the end, that's, that's what matters the most. As for me, me personally, I'm, I want to know that word. I need to know that word. I need to live that word. So I can bring it and keep it in my household and influence my wife to do the same so that she and I, who are one flesh, will ascend to the heavens as one flesh. Now, my pastor says something that I'm just catching. And he always says, the only thing worse than going to hell is taking somebody with you. Now y'all sit back and marinate on that for a second. And once again, I know we all deal with our own personal struggles. We all come short of the glory of God. But at some point in time, 
we have to decide for ourselves, hey, I'm going to take off this old man. I'm going to step out of this old man. I'm going to step out of this old woman and step into the new me. All things are becoming new. We serve a God that is so good. And we can skip the basics of food on our table and clothes on our back, him awakening us each and every day. Just sit back and think about how good God has been to us. How long has his hand been on our lives? He's brought us out of desperation and despair. He's brought us out of depression. He's brought us out of poverty. He's brought us out of ignorance. The world is so corrupt these days. We weren't involved in a lot of these recent incidents. A man walks into a Walmart and unloads. Something so simple as that. We are truly blessed. And we're even more blessed to know that he has a purpose and a will for us. We just have to be willing enough to accept it. And it's going to come with sacrifice. Some of you, us, refuse to let go of things. We refuse to sacrifice things. We refuse to depart with things that's holding us back from that purpose, walking in that purpose. Everything isn't God approved. And your spirit lets you know these things. We are just so selfish at times. It's all about us. What makes us feel good. What we want in the moment. And not looking at the bigger picture. At the end of your days. In whose presence do you want to be in? A lot of times I see posts about if I can go back and speak to the uh, younger version of me with things would I tell myself. I have a question for you, for, for you followers out there. If you can go forward, what would you want to be able to say about your life? If the 85, 95, 105-year-old you were in your presence right now, what would you want to hear? Me personally, I want to be able to hear that the Most High received all glory by using me to touch others, to help to spark the interest of others, to seek him diligently, I'd want to hear that through me, God spoke to my family, my friends, my loved ones, and taught them how to stand firm in their faith and firm on the word, giving them a good example to follow, leaving an abundance of spiritual wealth as well as generational wealth.
I like to hear how proud my wife is of me and the man I'd become and how she tells the grandkids my testimony, giving them hope, giving them an example of exactly what a true God-fearing man is and how to represent that in their lives. I like to hear how people can see my God in me through word, deed, and thought. Let's all put on that new you. And I challenge you all, including myself, to get rid of those old accessories. Anything that's distracting you from hearing the voice of God, from, from standing firm in that word and walking uprightly the way you know you're supposed to be walking. Because we're called to be a set-apart people. The word says we're a raw priesthood, a chosen people. Let's be that. Be ye holy as I am holy. Almighty and our Heavenly Father, creator of all that is seen and unseen, we humbly come to you with open hearts and open minds, accepting you fully, Almighty and our glorious Father. We ask of you, Father, to speak to us. Help us to remain in your presence, Almighty and our powerful Father. Continue to build us up, Father, and mold us into the creations that you need us to be, Almighty and our powerful Father. Help us to use all tools, talents, and gifts to give you glory, Almighty and our powerful Father. And help us to walk and remain in your will. Help us to accept your word and to abide by it. Ask of you to bless us all with knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and discernment. Help us to recognize all that isn't of you, for you, or by you, Almighty and our powerful Father. And I ask of you to please rebuke those things and people out of our lives that mean us no good, that come to destroy and disrupt the great work you're creating in us. I pray that you bless us with a peace that surpasses our understanding and continue to fill our lives with joy. Continue to be our provider and our protector, our nourisher and our sustainer. There's none like you, Almighty and our glorious Father. None above you. You are the supreme creator. And we love you. We honor you. We adore you. And if acts of anything, in error, Almighty and our powerful Father, acts of you to please bless us with added grace and forgiveness. I pray these things in Jesus' name, in Christ's name, in the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. Amen. The February intro for Leadership Promises for Every Day by John C. Maxwell reads as following. Effective godly leadership means giving what you have so that God may be glorified in all that you do. 
Now, every day on our Instagram page, we'll be posting that day's message. So we invite you to come check us out at A Brother with a Bible Podcast on Instagram. It's really worth checking out. We're also doing a Rep Your Church participation challenge. Go on over to our Instagram profile page and under the post in the comment section, drop your church name, the location of your church, and the pastor of your church. You can also do that on Facebook on my profile page, Brother B. We encourage you all to show some love and participate. And we encourage you to encourage your family, friends, and church members to participate also. With your help, we want to bring the word out to the masses through this podcast. Now, if what you heard from us was a blessing to you, bless someone else by sharing this with them at A Brother with the Bible Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor app, and soon coming to Google Play. We wish you nothing but peace, favor, and discernment. Leaving you with this word. In all that you do, make sure that it's in your purpose rather than on purpose. And remember, you'll know your true worth when you research.